I was believing you'd all be here tonight. I said, Lord, I'm studying it, you know. And I said to pastor, I said, are we going to get a flood or what? <laughs> but you came, and I believe you're going to receive something from God tonight. Amen? Amen? You're the faithful. Hallelujah. Hungry for the word of God. I know I, sa I said, pa pastor said, who do you think, if we did that, who do you think Alex would have preached? I said, she wouldn't let anybody preach. You know what? It's great when we have people that guard this pulpit. You know what I'm saying? You know, we, we, that we can trust people and, and we can, that they can guard it. And um, anyhow, we made it here. We made it through the flood. If God had to split those floods apart, we'd get through, wouldn't we? He did it at the Red Sea, right? Just say, God, I'm going to church. You know, you know what? I'll never forget the day I was, I was uh, we were in Abington Church, and I was running a prayer meeting, and I was late for the prayer meeting. And I'm hurrying, and I'm trying to get there, and I'm not thinking about anything about getting there on time. And I got pulled over by the cops. <laughs> and I was in such a rush and so focused on getting there, so important to me, when I rolled the window down, he had me roll the window down, and I said, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm late for a prayer meeting, and I have to open the church, and uh, uh, I'm going on. And this guy's looking at me like, I, you know. Anyhow, he was nice enough not to give me a ticket and told me to slow down or I wouldn't make the prayer meeting. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. But hallelujah. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for your word, your precious precious holy word we just love it and i pray tonight for revelation knowledge to flow through this place tonight and that we would receive a word from you in jesus name amen amen so we've been talking about going to another level well we're going to talk tonight about going to another level of faith we're going to talk about the spirit of faith and um, we'll pro probably pick this up again next week i'm thinking amen but the spirit of faith, we're going to talk about that. We're going to see it in the word of God tonight. But if we can catch the spirit of faith, it'll turn defeat into victory. Amen? And it'll turn dreams into reality. Many of us have dreams. We have dreams of maybe owning our own business. We have dreams of doing great things for God. We have dreams of, you know, and, and God will turn those dreams into reality if, we if the spirit of faith comes on us. And we can walk in that spirit of faith. We can step into that. Many times people walk around depressed and defeated because they have no faith. They live in fear and doubt and misery, and they don't see how anything can change. They, they, every, they, they see everyone heading south, and they think this is just the way of life. However, if you want to go in a different direction and get on the target that God has for you, you are going to have to rise up in faith. If you want to change the direction, and it's never too late. How old was Abraham? And then, when it, and then he had to wait another 25 years. How old was Caleb when he took the mountain and Joshua? They were in their 80s. Amen? God is never late. I'd rather, you know, I believe, you know, God can do much in a short period of time. Amen? A lot of times he's developing us, getting us ready for that, but we got to stay faithful. we got to press into the things of God. Remember this, that faith is the currency of heaven. It's what moves God. It's not our goodness. 
It's not how good we are. Oh, gee, they've been great. Uh, they've been good for 10 days. They didn't, they didn't curse. They, they paid their tithe. They went to church. They served in the, no, 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 that doesn't move. That's good. We ought to serve God. That pleases God, but it doesn't move God. Faith moves God. Faith moves God. You see it all, all through the word of God. Faith moves God. Faith moves mountains. But faith won't move anything until it moves you. Amen? This is what I want you to remember through this tonight. This is so important. This is a, when I caught a hold of this scripture and God reminded me of it last week, this changed everything with me with the word of God. And it's in Numbers chapter 23, verse 19. I'm going to read it in the, in the Amplified Version, where it says, God is not a man that he should lie. Everything in God's word is truth. Let's look at Numbers 23, verse 19. It says, God is not a man that he should tell or act a lie. There is no deception of God. There is no act of a lie. There is no little lie. There is no, well, I'll do it this way, but it's really not true. But there is no such thing of any kind of lie in God. Amen? God is not a man that he should tell or act a lie, neither the son of man that he should feel repentance or compunction for what he has promised. Has he said and shall he not do it? Has he said it? Whatever he said, he will do. Or has he spoken, and shall he not make it good? God will make his word good if we'll believe his word. He is not a man that he should lie. Well, what is, what is, uh, he's not a man that he should lie about what? About what? He, he's telling the truth about everything in his word. So I know, I know many of you here feel like we do. We want to do great things for God. And to be used of God. And God, God can use every... We saw this morning that God used Raven to supply Elijah's need. God will go to great lengths to supply your need. A raven, the dirtiest foul bird, the, 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 the most foul bird, the, the children of Israel were not even uh, permitted to bring a raven as an offering. They could bring a turtle dove and all the other different types of birds and things but not a raven, but God used the raven to supply food for uh, the most, the, the, one of the greatest prophets of all time. God will go to great lengths because Elijah believed God and he went by that brook and God supplied his need. Amen? So where am I? Okay. I didn't mean to go over there, so I'm off my, off my notes. God used a donkey to speak to Balaam. I mean, God will use us. All we got to do is put our faith to work. Amen? Many want to see the promises of God established in their life, but make no mistake about it. This is a lifelong walk. It's a lifelong journey. Somebody said to somebody, and, and, and it's according to our faith, how much time we're spending in the Word, how our faith is built up. So somebody was um, sharing about their grandmother or something. I heard this story. You've probably heard it. But uh, she wanted to go back to college and get her master's degree. But she said, yeah, but I'm going to be 65 by the time I get it or whatever. And, and, and their, the grandson said to her, well, you're going to be 65 anyhow. <laughs> you might as well have your master's. Amen. I mean, it doesn't matter, but, but, but you've got to know that, that success belongs to us in every area. 
if we do it God's way, God has a way that is successful. We shared that last week with Joshua. You know, he has a way. When we're in his word, when we're, when we're building up our faith, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Do we just put enough word in us to exist? Or do we put enough word in us that's building our faith? See, sometimes we're just putting enough or we're doing our Bible reading time or, or just enough. But I'm telling you, you gotta, you gotta feed yourself on this. The word of God needs to be everything in your life. Hello, you're getting quiet on me now. Because sometimes we just do enough to, to suffice us, to, to satisfy us. But it's not enough to build our faith. Hallelujah. Paul gives us two necessary ingredients to the spirit of faith. In, in 2 Corinthians 4.13, these two ne necessary ingredients are believing and speaking. And we're going to show, show you that in the Bible. But let's look at 2 Corinthians 4.13. It says, we having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believed and therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore we speak. Speaking has as much to do with faith as believing. You can't be over here and you've got your, your prayer books and your notebooks and you're believing God for this and you're believing you're, 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 you've got your faith uh, prayers out there and then you come out of prayer. Maybe you're believing for a healing and you've just meditated on the healing scripture. You just praise God. God, I thank you that I'm healed from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. I thank you that I, I am full of vim, vigor, and vitality. Um, uh, you know, you're, you're confessing and then you come out of prayer and you get around your kids or your husband. Oh, I feel so tired today. What happened to vim, vigor, and vitality? You know, <laughs> You, you can't speak out of both sides of your mouth, you know? You gotta, if you're believing God and you're putting those scriptures in, when you want to say the wrong thing, you gotta, you, you got to have those scriptures in you where that's what comes out. I'm strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Amen? And so forth. So it's important, the Apostle Paul said, According as it is written, I believed and therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore we speak. And I believe, honestly, we talk about just, you know, not just getting just enough word, but even when we get more than enough, even when we're feeding ourselves, it's still going to have to come out of our mouth. And that's the hardest part, I think, for most people, to keep their confession consistent with the word of God, with what God says. Because remember this, if you're saying what God says, God is not a man that he should lie. Has he said it and will he not do it? Has he said it and will he not do it? Let's look at Mark eleven twenty two through 24. You say, oh, I know those scriptures. Yeah. When's the last time you, can anybody quote them by faith, both of them? Come on. It says, and Jesus answering said unto them, have faith in God. And the correct, the correct Hebrew, if you look at the, translate, the uh, Greek translation, it's have the faith of God. He says, and now Jesus is talking here. And I know a lot of people really want to rip this scripture out of the Bible. They just wish that they could. They just don't like that faith scripture. But Jesus says, for verily I'm saying to you, he's saying for surely 
For verily, I'm saying to you, that whosoever, are we a whosoever? Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea. Whosoever shall say unto this mountain of sickness, whosoever shall say unto this mountain of poverty, whosoever shall say unto this mountain of deception over our kids, whatever it is that you speak, you got to say something to the mountain. Whoso, Jesus said, whosoever shall say. It's not magic. There's power in the word of God. And the word of God is not going to go forth and create and bring into existence the promises of God without us speaking it out of our mouth. Jesus said, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Three times he said it there. He's saying, we'll have whatever we say. And then he connects it to prayer. He says, therefore, I say unto you, therefore is connected. What, what, so think, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and ye shall have them. Our prayer is connected to what we're speaking, to what we're believing. He's saying, if you'll do this, he said, you believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Now, let me say something about this. A lot of people get condemned because they don't have enough faith or they haven't walked in faith or they haven't been in the word enough. God is not mad. He's not upset with you. But if you want to see the promises of God, faith has to be in operation. Now, think about this. Think about it like this is just coming to me. This is just downloading to me, so I hope it comes out right. Think about this. Um... You're going to an event, and they say the first 20 people that get to this event is going to get a $1,000 bill. So you're like, I am going to that event. I am going to leave five days early. I am going to get five days is worth $1,000. I don't care. I'm going to get to that event, and I'm going to get that $1,000. But you get there, and you're too late. Things happen. Maybe there was traffic, or there was an accident, or your, your, your kids needed a change of diaper, or whatever, and you get there, and you miss out on the $1,000. Is anybody upset at you? Is anybody upset at you? But you're upset at you, right? You're like, man, I can't believe it. I didn't make it. I didn't get that. I was sure I was going to get it. Well, God's not upset at you for not receiving the promises of God, but it pleases God when you walk by faith. You see, God's not beating people up, and sometimes people mistake, you know, then they, oh, I don't have enough faith. Well, you might not have enough faith, but you've got to build that faith up. Amen? Hallelujah. I hope that came out right. The first part of you that your faith will move is your mouth. When faith comes, last week we talked about feeding yourself, keeping the scriptures before you, not last week, but the week before. Remember we talked about the, our imagination changing what we see, 
Remember we talked about Abraham, God talked, showed him the sand of the seashore and he showed him the stars in the sky. He was trying to, he didn't even have one child and God was trying to get him to vision, you know, all of these, uh, you know, um, the generations, amen, that he was going to be the father of many generations. And you may not be able to control what has happened to you in this life, but you are able to change your future. Abraham wasn't able to control that he didn't have any ch children, but his faith changed his future. Amen? He called those things that were not as though they were. When God gave him the promise, he chose to believe that God is not a man, that he should lie. And he chose to believe that he was going to have that child. Amen? So you're able to change your future by faith in the word of God. You have the choice. You have a choice to believe and speak what God says about you or to walk in doubt and fear. It's, it's a choice. It's not even a feeling. So many people are walking around by feelings. Listen, we cannot walk by our feelings. Our feelings lie to us. And even if our feelings are good, they're good one moment, they're bad one next. No, we walk and we choose by what the word of God says. Amen? Everything might be telling you. The, the, the worst feeling that, that I remember, and I've shared this so many times, ever getting. I mean, this, uh, two, two different times. One was uh, when we were, were buying that building in Abington, and I had to get on the phone with that real estate. We did not have the money. And I, I, I just was like, people said, well, were you, were you lied about the, about the money? I said, no. I said, the money will be there. I was trying to figure out how am I going to say this? How am I going to do this? You know, but I chose, I could have chose fear and said, we don't have the money yet. We don't know if we can go to the closing. But we chose to say the money will be there and the money was there at the closing. And the other time was when the doctors wanted to pull the plugs on our daughter. And I walked in that office and, and they were wanting us to sit. And I said, excuse me, my daughter will live and not die. I don't need to hear anything that you need to say. And I walked out and I went back to be with her. And it, but it didn't feel good to do that. You might think it was easy for us, but everything in the flesh wanted to shut, shut it down. And, and no, you can't do that. No, but we chose. It's a choice. You have to choose to believe God. Choose to believe him for your children. It doesn't matter what it looks like. It doesn't matter how old they are. I choose if I have to grab my kids by the head of their hair, they are going to heaven when they leave this earth. Amen? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Choose to rejoice. You know, the Apostle Paul, he was, he was tortured. He was left for dead. Uh, they did everything they could. But in Acts chapter 26, he said, when he was going to, before King Agrippa, he said, I think myself happy. How would that change our countenance if we walk through life, you know, thinking ourselves happy? I was thinking about this today, thinking myself happy in the midst of an argument with my husband. That's not easy. <laughs> I want to think myself. <laughs> but choosing is another word, right? Choosing to think myself happy and to not let those things affect my attitude and keeping an attitude of faith. Amen? Yeah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. 
you know, uh, when pastor preaches or pastor Mike, everybody, you know, they, they minister the word the way that, that whatever God gives them or downloads into them. And, um, but most of the time when you hear me, especially on Sunday nights, I'll always be preaching on faith because that's what God told me to do. Amen? Unless he changes something. Because we always need to increase our faith. We have to have that spirit of faith. We have to keep believing and speaking our faith, and it will guide us into all the things that God has for us. Amen? Our faith will open the door of the supernatural. And honestly, the spirit of faith is necessary to do the will of God and finish the course. For us to move into this next phase of the church, there has to be a spirit of faith. We can't, I can't just like, you know, we have to be speaking and declaring and calling in that land. I say it all the time. I say it to my husband. We have the land. We just, we just don't know where it is yet, but I know that we have it. Amen? It's already done. We have those 10 acres, and I'm telling you, I've been online. I've been looking at every real estate, and they'll say two acres and three acres and five acres, and in my head, I'll go, well, maybe we could just do five acres, or maybe we could do this, but we're believing for that 10 acres. Amen? We're believing for that 10 acres. We got lots of things that we need to do. We have a school that needs to be in operation. We want it with excellence. We have our Bible school. We have our church. We want to do outreach events. We want to have places where we can, we can feed people. We, we, I have, we have so many things. We don't want to limit what God wants to do. We need to get ready for the last days. Amen? Yeah. Hallelujah. Praise God. So believing and speaking both are critical to our faith operating. Believing comes from feeding on the word of God. Even if you just, you know what, sometimes people put, and I've done this. You got to, I probably, I don't even know. I have never counted them, but I probably have like 5,000 notes in my iPhone and probably 1,000 healing notes. And probably within those healing notes, ah, so many scriptures and faith scriptures. And, and, and so, you, I, you know, I would be going through and go, oh, which one should I come from? Which one should I look at? But now I'll just, sometimes I just take one scripture and meditate on that all week long. And when you do that, man, something breaks on the inside of you. It just, when you start meditating on Mark 11, 23 and 24, when you start meditating on the healing scripture, especially Psalms 103, I mean, it will change everything, or even Psalm 1. There's just so many powerful scriptures. But you just, um, I heard uh, Trina Hankins talk about, and I've been in the midst of doing that. She said, you know, what changed her life, it's really hot in here. Anybody else hot besides me? Or is it that light? Somebody raised his hand. Come on, agree with me. That's okay. Okay. He's, he's hot over there. We, we need to check our, our, our temperature. Anyhow, um, she said that she, what gave her the revelation of the blood covenant and the blood of Jesus is she started memorizing Hebrews chapter 10, verses 19 through 22. Thank you, Michael. Somebody heard me. <laughs> Hebrews 10, chapter 10, verses 19 through 22, and she started meditating and, and, and memorizing it. And so I want to get more of a revelation of that. And so I started memorizing that, you know, Hebrews 10, 19 through 22. So, you know, memorize scriptures, get scriptures into your spirit. Now I want to talk about, and, and, and this came to me a couple of weeks ago, and I knew I was going to preach this tonight about the spirit of faith, because while I was preaching, it, it, it just rose up in me about that. And God said that Dan, uh, David had the spirit of faith on him, and Caleb and Joshua had the spirit of faith on them. 
But we're going to look at David for a minute, okay? It, and we're going to read the story of David. So they're going to put the scriptures up there. You can read along. Just, just pretend that this is story time because it's, it's a few, quite a few scriptures. But I want you to catch. I'm going to break it down a, a little bit at a time. But I want you to see how powerful this was. We hear this, these stories, oh, David and Goliath and all of this. But, but I'm telling you, this is Bible. This was so powerful. And if David didn't have that spirit of faith on him and the word of God in him, he would not have taken care of Goliath. And you'll see how the rest of the army was fearful. So let's get, we're going to start reading at verse 20, all right? Early in the morning, David left the flock. And the Bible says David, of David, he's the only one the Bible says this of, that David had a heart after God. Amen? He had God's heart. Said, um, verse 20 said, early in the morning, David left the flock with a shepherd, loaded up. Let me tell you what's happening before this. David's, da David's brothers were up, and they were in the army, and the, they, they, were fight they were going against the Philistines. And so the Philistines had Goliath. He was this big giant, and there was the children of Israel on one side, the Philistines on the other side, and they were at war. Well, David's dad said, hey, David, I want you to go and bring some lunch to your brothers. David was just the young runt there. Okay, he said, I want you to bring some lunch to your brothers. So David was bringing some lunch and some food to his brothers. I'm saying that just real quick. You can go read it in First uh, Samuel 17. We're going to pick up verse 20. It says, early in the morning, David left the flock with a shepherd, loaded up and set out as Jesse had directed. Jesse was David's dad. He reached the camp as the army was going out to its battle positions, shouting the war cry. Israel and the Philistines were drawing up their lines facing each other. David left his things with the keeper of supplies and ran to the battle lines and greeted his brothers. He was so excited to see his big brothers and bring them lunch. And as he was talking with them, Goliath the Philistine, champion from Gath, stepped out from his lines and shouted his usual defiance, and David heard it. When the Israelites saw the man, they all ran from him in great fear. They were running in fear from this giant. Now the Israelites had been saying, do you see how this man keeps coming out? He comes out to defy Israel. The king will give great wealth to the man who kills him. The king was going to give great wealth to the man that would kill this giant, but yet they could not find one man in all of that army that would say, that would step up. He will also give him his daughter in marriage, and he will exempt his father's family from taxes in Israel. That would be great to have our taxes, you know, not have to pay taxes, wouldn't it? Would that cause you to step up and fight? <laughs> so verse 26, David asked the men standing near him, what will be done for the man who kills this Philistine and removes this disgrace from Israel? Like he was so shocked. This was a great reward, great wealth. He'll give him his daughter. Don't ever have to, not only will you get great wealth, you won't have to pay no taxes. Who, he says, is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? Here's this young kid saying, who, who does he think he is? Verse 27 they repeated to him what they had been saying and told him, this is what will be done for the man who kills him. When Eliab, David's oldest brother, heard him speaking with the men, 
He burned with anger at him and asked, why have you come down here? And with whom did you leave those few sheep in the desert? Like, what are you doing here? Like his brother was so upset that he would even question that. Go take care of your little sheep. What are you doing here? And then he goes on, I know how conceited you are. Isn't it always the ones that, that, that start standing up in faith that get attacked? Well, who do you think you are, you know? I know how conceited you are and how wicked your heart is. Now, remember, he had a heart after God. But his brother's saying, You're, you, got a, you came down only to watch the battle. Now, now, what have I done, said David? Can't I even speak? He then turned away to someone else and brought up the same matter, and the men answered him as before. What David said was overheard and reported to Saul, and Saul sent for him. David said to Saul, let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. Here's a 17-year-old kid. Saul replied, you're not able to go out against the Philistine and fight him. You are only a boy, and he has been fighting a man he has, he has been fighting a man from his youth. But David said to Saul, see, David wasn't, he was taking care of those sheep. But David was meditating. You read the Psalms. He meditated in the word day and night. He talked about what happened to the, the man that meditates on the law of God. He talked about his times with God. But David said to Saul, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. And when a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it, struck it, and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it, and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God. So he had a revelation that God was not a man that he, he would lie. He had a revelation of the power of God. And then he goes on in verse 37 and he says, The Lord, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear. See, David knew he couldn't beat the lion and he couldn't beat the bear. But he had a revelation. He said, this God that delivered me from the lion and the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. See, he was speaking it with his mouth. He believed the word of God. He knew that there was no way he could destroy that lion and that bear and that God had delivered him. And now he's saying, and God will do the same with this Philistine. Then Saul dressed David in his own tunic. He put a coat of armor on him and a bronze helmet on his head, and David fastened, fastened on his sword over the tunic and tried walking around because he was not used to them. He said, I cannot go in these, he said to Saul, because I am not used to them. So he took them off. Then he took his staff in his hand, and he chose five smooth stones from the stream, put them in the pouch of his shepherd's bag, and with his sling in his hand, approached the Philistine. Meanwhile, the Philistine with the shield bearer in front of him kept coming closer to David. He looked David over and saw that he was only a boy, ruddy and handsome, and he despised him. And he said to David, am I a dog that you come at me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. Come here, he said, and I'll give your flesh to the birds of the year and the beasts of the field. And David said to the Philistine, you come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day, 
This day the Lord will hand you over to me, and I'll strike you down, and I'll cut off your head. And today I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds of the year and the beasts of the earth. And the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. All those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give all of you into our hands. As the Philistines moved closer to attack him, David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet him, reaching into his bag and taking out a stone. He slung it and struck the Philistine on the forehead. The stone sank into his forehead, and he fell face down on the ground. So David triumphed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone, without a sword, without a sword. And in his hand, he struck down the Philistine and killed him. Then David ran and stood over him, and he took the Philistine's sword and drew it from the scabbard, and he killed him, and he cut off his head with the sword. When the Philistines saw that their hero was dead, they turned and they ran. I'm telling you, there's no way that David could have done that without the spirit of faith being on him. See, he had the word of God on the inside of him. Read some of the Psalms that he wrote. You know, and he had that. He knew that it was the Lord's battle. He knew that the Lord had given him the lion and the bear. He knew the word of God. He remembered that God is not a man, that he should lie. And he stood up in everything. And so many times we, we attempt to go forward. Maybe we're believing uh, uh, for a home or we're believing for a vehicle or we're believing for uh, our salvation or we're believing for a, a, a physical miracle. Whatever it is, the devil, the enemy is always coming and and he'll use people listen those were his brothers they were the children of israel and they they doubted him they they all picked on they yelled at him they were like what are you doing here you know you i mean things will people will say that the most spiritual person that you know that that you believe in will come along and say something that'll try to destroy your faith they don't mean it but things will happen and that's why you have to be strong you have to have that word in you you cannot depend on what other people say because it there, there's always something coming along to try to tear that that down tear that belief down you know, it, it just, and, and, and that's what happened with, but David didn't care because he was so full of the word of God. If you really want to see the promises of God in your life, you're going to have to believe it, and then you're going to have to speak it. David said it. He said, this day, the Lord is going to do that. This day, the Lord has blessed me. This day, I have my, my home. This day, I have my vehicle. This day, I'm healed. This day, I'm blessed. This day, my children will serve God all the days of their life. This day. Amen? David had a choice. He could have chose fear and doubt, but instead, he had an attitude of faith, and he went after it with a vengeance. If God said it, he believed it, and that settled it. Amen? I remember Ken Kenneth Hagin always saying that. God said it, I believe it, and that settles it. And it needs to be settled, so settled that you know, if I told you, um, uh, how many can see this tissue? It's kind of like a, a beige tissue, we'll say. But if I said to you, this tissue is not beige, it's red. What would, you, what would you say? No. You absolutely would say it is not. But, but I believe it's red. 
I'm telling you it's red. But what, is, what am I doing? I'm lying to you. Is that not, is that not true? It's, it's, well, you know what? The world is telling you something is something else. And you gotta believe what the word of God says. You gotta believe what the word of God says. I'm almost done here. And then there was, was that a good story? I mean, I know it's a lot of scriptures, but I, you know what? When I was studying, I was thinking, should I do this? And I just felt in my heart, some people have never even heard the story of David. We, th we throw out the stories, but some people don't even know what happened. They, they saw it in a cartoon <laughs> or something, you know, or they hear about David and Goliath. And then there was Caleb and Joshua. And the Bible says, and I'm not going to read this, but maybe I'll read this next week, but in, in Numbers 13 and 14, they were sent in to spy out the land. God had already given it to them, but the children of Israel rebelled, but Joshua and Caleb did not rebel. The children of Israel saw that they were grasshoppers in their eyes. And in, and in the eyes of the, they said they were giants in the land. But Caleb and Joshua saw that they were able to take over the land and destroy those giants. They saw something different. And the Bible says, if you go read it, I believe it's in Numbers 14, it says they had a different spirit. Caleb had a different spirit. And the Bible says when they came back, when God said, go in, this is a land of milk and honey. I've already given it to you. And when they came back and they said, no, it's true. It's really true. It's a land. It's flowing with milk and honey. It's awesome. But this giant in the land and we're grasshoppers in their eyes and there's no way that we can take care of that take that land but Caleb and Joshua quieted the people they said no we can do this God gave God has already given it to us the Bible says that the children of Israel brought back an evil report and they tried to tell them, they said, let us not rebel. That was one of the times where it drove uh, Moses into the place of intercession because God said to Moses, let me destroy these people and raise up another one through you. God was so upset because they were not believing him. They were not believing that he was not a man that he would lie. You see, we need to step into that spirit of faith. We need to get bring ourselves up to another level. Sometimes we get familiar with the word, oh, that's faith, oh, that's Mark eleven twenty three. Oh, isn't that good? You know, and Matthew uh, 18, 19, those, are those. But God wants us to get these, he wants us to spend time. When you spend time with the word of God, you're spending time with God, and that's when revelation comes. That's when rhema comes. That's when you hear the voice of God, and that's when the promises of God begin, and God begins to speak things to you. And God begins to tell you things. And that's when, you know, he'll say, I don't know. He might say, honestly, when we, when we went for that, um, uh, uh, that building that time in, in Abington, that church building, I mean, we were just two kids. We were in our early 20s. We just had the fire God on us. We didn't know what we were doing. And some priest told us that they were, my, my priest that I grew up with said, hey, there's a, there's a church for sale. And so we were kind of crazy enough to, Go to the bank. We didn't have, Pastor was, was working. He was painting, and, and I was working. I, I was working two jobs, and we just, it was just us. And we had, like, 25 people in the church, and one was, only one was a tither, one, one family. We went to the bank. We, we, we just, and, and we just kept, we prayed and believed God that we were going to get that building. And when we went to the bank, 
to see how we could buy this building. They, this is, now, tell me a bank that does this. This is what the loan officer said to us. They said, well, if you can come up with $25,000, which was a miracle, because we did, he said, we'll let you take over the loan just because you seem like you have a lot of motivation and new life. And it's a church, and maybe somebody, you know, would, wouldn't want it to, you know, we wouldn't be able to sell it or whatever. And so I honestly think that loan officer didn't think we were going to come up with $25,000. And we didn't come up with $25,000, but God did. God did it. God did it. You know? And so we went, we went on our way. There were so, so many times like that. What is it that you're believing God for? Are you believing for God for anything or anyone? What is it that you're writing down? And I know people say, well, that's, that's the name and claim it, gospel. People are just materialistic blessing. Listen, if you got material, you can help the poor. If you got material, you can, you can reach the lost. I'm telling you, um, listen, people listen to the ones that have the gold. <laughs> That's what they're going to listen to. And the silver and the gold belong to God, and it ought to be in our hands. It's just an instrument and a tool. And who cares if you want to use what God blesses you with to go get a McDonald's hamburger or a $100 steak? God doesn't care. It's just money. It's not. It's a, just an instrument. But when you have a problem with that, then money has a hold of you. And the same thing with, with, with physical manifestations. Physic I can tell you so many times. We've had to believe God for things. You know, when you get to our age, there are things you've got to start believing God. <laughs> you, you know what was so cute this morning? I was talking to Linda's, Linda Dalton. We, we've known each. She was with us in the beginning, and we've uh, known each other for over 40 years, and we're talking to her grandson, you know, and, and she, he was trying to figure out how I knew his dad, and I said, I held your dad in my arms when he was a baby, and, and I said, and I've known your Nana for over 40 years, and he looked at me, and he said, how old are you? <laughs> I said, I know I just look 40, but <laughs> he was just like, well, he thought that was ancient, you know, like, how old are you, you know, <laughs> which was cute. But, but I'm telling you guys, whatever it is, keep it before you. Listen, I know you think, some people think the devil created iPhones, but man, I love that I have my, I can just pull up my scriptures. I can, I have, I don't know how many Bibles on my phone, and I can, pu I can put my confessions together. I mean, you have the word with you all the time. You know, wherever, listen, I, whether you're at the doctor's office or you're waiting somewhere, don't complain about waiting. Get out and meditate on that scripture. And honestly, even if you just start with one scripture, get it in your spirit. The next week, add something else to it, you know? I'm going to have the worship team come. But, I, but it's time to get to another level with our faith. It's, some people haven't even got to, to step one. Some people haven't believed God. When you believe God for something, how many remember the ironing board story? Lift up your hand. You all heard that. Have, has, tell me if you have not heard the ironing board story. 
Well, let me tell you this. In the midst of us moving back here, really, we, we had to believe God for everything. And we didn't have an ironing board. And we were living in this hole-in-the-wall apartment. And so, and my sister and her husband moved in the apartment next door. And we were kind of like, they were helping us with the church. And, I, and back then, we ironed, you know? There was no steamers. There was no, you ironed your clothes, and you didn't wear jeans to church. And back then, it was a little bit different. And so I was, I needed an iron board, but I didn't have a penny. I didn't have anything. So I, I put that on my prayer list. I started believing God for an ironing board. And I, start, and I would thank God for my ironing board. And I didn't know how it was going to come. But all of a sudden, one day, I get a knock on my door, and it's my sister who's living in the apartment next door. And she gets to the door, and she's got this big smile on her face, and she's got an ironing board in each arm. And how many remember Zears, the store of Zears? And she says, and I'm just giving you the short, the short story of it. And she says, Judy, you wouldn't believe it. I went to Zears, and they had buy one and get one free. So I got one for me and one for you. You would have thought I got a million dollars that day because nobody knew, not even her, that I was believing God for an ironing board. Only me and God. And I was like, she, she, she said, man, you, you would have thought I brought you a million dollars, you know? And, I'm, and then I told, began to tell the story. I was believing God for that, you know? But see, God will do things like that. He wants to be involved in our lives. In big things, little things, things that you seem to think are spiritual and unspiritual, he, he'll, get, he'll get involved in your life if you'll just start believing him for it. Amen? Don't quit. There will be adversity, and we'll talk about that in coming weeks. Jesus said you'll have tribulation. Things will happen. But if you'll keep your faith out there, even in the midst of adversity, you will see. You know, Caleb and Joshua could have given up on their faith because they didn't get to jump into the promised land for another 40 years because all those children of Israel had to die. God wasn't going to let them in. But they could have gave up. And then when, when, they, when they told Caleb, you know, well, we're, we're, we're not going to, I forget how the story went, but like the, Caleb said, they, they were like, you're, you're old, you don't have to go up. And he said, Caleb at 80 years old, he said, I'm well and able. I'm going to take my mountain. You give me my mountain. So don't quit. Amen. Keep your faith out there. Hallelujah. I don't know where to stop, but I need to stop. Amen. At least the rain stopped. Praise God. Well, I, I'm pretty sure I know everybody in this place, and I know you're all boarding in, you're all saved, you're all going to heaven. Let's get our faith to the next level. We need your faith to be with ours, amen? We don't need you to say, I don't know how Pastor Ed and Judy are going to do it. I don't see land anywhere. I don't see anybody. I don't, don't say that. <laughs> Let's just believe it's out there. It's waiting for us. And one day we're just going to step on that land or in that building, and we're going to know. That's our place. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God.